I don't know about you this morning, but I'm going to repeat something that my grandfather used to say all the time. If you're not feeling the spirit move this morning, and you're not feeling him in this house right now, then your wood's wet. Because the spirit is moving through this house right now. And Brother Mark, we're going to sing that a couple more times. And I don't care if you stand. I don't care if you sit. But I want everybody to raise your hands this morning. Raise your hands because this right here is my antenna. This is how I'm getting a hold of God. He desires. He wants our praise. You want to open up heaven? You have a need this morning? Praise him. Praise him. We got plenty of time to get to the sermon. But right now, we're going to sing that song again. And let's just praise him. Sing from the bottom of your heart. Let him know that, God, it's about you. I praise you. But God's telling me that that's not what we're going to do right now. We truly are. And I'll be honest, I've been one of those people who are in a, in a time when the world has said it's a time of thanksgiving. You know what? It's time that we show the thanksgiving. I'm going to open up these altars this morning. And if you keep playing, I would appreciate it. Unless you want to go pray. Everybody needs to find a place to pray this morning. I don't know about you, but when the spirit moves... If I don't yield to it, I'm missing out. I don't want to miss out. So if you can make it to an altar to pray, let's make it to an altar this morning. If you can't, then let's give praise and thanksgiving in our seat. Let's reach heaven. He is here this morning. All you have to do is reach out. All you have to do is say, here am I.
know about you this morning, but praise makes me feel 100% better. My life, just like a lot of yours, has been up, down, here, there, everywhere. And I want to speak about this this morning, but when I focus upon him and I praise him, everything changes. I kind of, several months ago, and I think, I know Ann was here. I can't remember exactly. I think it was on a Wednesday night Pastor Tommy had me preach. And I kind of started on this sermon, but I never got it finished. So I'm going to ask you this morning to turn to 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. We're going to read this, and then I'm going to tell you the title of this sermon. In 2 Timothy 4, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let's pray. Dear God, I just want to truly thank you, God, for what you've done in this service already this morning, God. I ask, God, that you remove me out of the way, God, just... Have the words that you've given me, God, to come out and to reach the people today, God, to reach the ones that you have designed this sermon for, God. I ask that you continue to move in this service, God, continue to lead and guide each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. How many here today, and I and you guys all know how I am, I like to people to be involved, so how many here today believes that when you got saved, you made a promise to God. Everybody agree that you made a promise to God when you got saved? I did. Do you think that maybe we need to stay a little bit more focused on the commitment and the promise that we made to God that day, that night, whenever it happened, that we said, Father, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I promise I'll do what I can to do what you asked me to do. Wait, no. That doesn't happen. We're Christians. We're good from the beginning. From right there, we're good, right? We don't have to worry about anything else. Hold on, reality check. I don't know about you, but each and every day with the Lord is a new day. Psalms is very clear that it says every day is a new day. His blessings more I'm going to receive. But hold on a second. I'm saved. I'm good. I don't have to worry about anything else. I can do whatever I want to do, live however I want to live. Oh, wait, wait. That's what the world says, right? Or wait, is that what the church says? Hold on, wait a second. I'm confused here this morning. Is it the church that says we can do whatever we want because we've been saved? Or is it the world that says we can do whatever we want since we've been saved? Wait. Okay. If you don't want to hear this, you might want to pull your toes up off the floor because I'm just going to tell you the reality of it. Right now, and I'm sure we've all seen it, there's not a lot of difference between the church and the world. I hate to be the bearer of the bad news, but it's the truth. We as the church have allowed anything and everything to come in, and then we wonder why we can't receive the blessings of God. 
We wonder why that when we pray, it seems like God's not even listening. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, says, real simply, And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. God, I ask you to save my soul. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I promise that I will do whatever you ask me to do. I will live my life according to your word. I will do everything that you ask me to do. Well, isn't this okay, God? Well, this okay, God? As we're walking along this path called the Christian life, straight as a gate, narrow as a way, doesn't mean there's a whole lot of options. It means it's one way. If we're walking along and we decide to maybe, well, God, did that promise mean this? Did God I commit to saying I wouldn't do that? Hmm. Do we question our commitment and our promise? I believe we do. And I'm going to come up with, th- I got three points that I'm going to come up with on this real quick. Thing, three things that I think that we question about our promise and our commitment. But before I get to that, I'm going to ask you one quick question. Why do we question it? Why do we question what we have promised God? Number one, well, God didn't get it done the way I needed it done. Or God didn't get it done when I needed it done. I'm sorry, was I whining? Yes, I was. But God, you know that I needed it done my way when I needed it, and you didn't do it. Sound like anybody you know? Sounds like a lot of Christians that I know. Why do we question that? Because he didn't do it when we think that he should have done it. Or he didn't do it the way we thought he should do it. Proverbs 16 and 9 says, A man's heart deviseth his way. But the Lord directs his steps. I'm going to get comfortable here for a second because we're just going to talk. Well, God, I know that this is what you want me to do. You've told me this is the promise and the plan that you have for my life. Now, let me tell you how this should go. Well, don't laugh. It's the truth. God, you've called me to be a praise leader. God, you've called me to be a preacher. Now, God, you know if I'm going to be a preacher, then I'm going to need this church over here. Because it's got 200 and some odd people. They got good ties. They got a parsonage. They got everything that I need. Now, God, when you get that all worked out, you come let me know, and we'll proceed on with your plan. I'm being quiet for a reason. I'm waiting on God to do it my way. Anybody else hearing anything? Is it just really quiet in here or is God not talking to me because I want it my way? Deep subject. 
Oh, well, there's a real deep subject. Well, I, you know, um, I don't understand. God, I laid it out to you. I told you what I need. I told you how I want it done. And forgive me, God, my little idiosyncrasies. I told you how long I had for you to get this done. Anybody remember how old Abraham was when he had his son? How old was he? Almost 100. That's kind of old today, isn't it? 100 years old, that's, that's an old age. Believe me, I can't imagine having grandsons at 48. They run me ragged. I love them to death, but you know what? 100 years old and you're going to have a baby? Okay. God can start a work in you at any age, at any time. All he needs is a willing participant, a willing, committed, sold-out person to do what he has asked you to do in his time and his way. But we do. We have the audacity to ask God, well, God, how come it didn't work out my way? Since when, and please, please, because I'm asking this sincerely, anybody here read in the Bible that it's about my way? I've never read it. But if you do find it, please let me know. Number two. God, I want you to do it my way. I want you to do it my time. But, well, God, I've been doing what you wanted me to do, but you left me all by myself. Where are you? God, I prayed. I've studied your word. I've done what you've asked me to do, and you're not there. I can't feel you. I don't see you moving. Anybody know that? Anybody that's ever done that? Since we're being real, I have. I can be honest. God, where are you at? I don't see you moving. God, what's going on here? I don't see what's going on. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear not, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. It's not about me. It's not about me thinking God left me. It says right here, I've got this, as somebody we all know says. God's got this. Joshua 1 and 9 says, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever soever thou goest. Wherever I go, he's with me. But I have the audacity, once again, to ask, God, where are you at? I can't feel you. I can't see you moving. But then we jump back to number one, because God, it's not on my time. God, it's not when I want you to do it or how I want you to do it. You catching on to what I'm talking about this morning? The Bible clearly says we have not because we ask not, but sometimes we ask amiss. We need to start being about what God wants, 
not about what you want. Anybody here ever get tired? Yeah. Anybody here ever give up? I mean, it's, we're human. It's okay. God, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. Oh, somebody get me a chair, please. It's a joke. God, I can't deal with the constant things that the world is throwing in my way. God, do you know what's going on? I had to deal with my neighbor because my dog got out and he didn't like it. Or God, you know what you saved me from. And every night when I come home, I drive by that same old bar. God, you know how twinkly and flashy those lights are? God, do you know how many friends that I had out in the world? Do you know all the things that come against me? Everybody that questions my new life, my new commitment at my job, why do you believe in God? Do you know how tired I get of hearing that all of the time? God, I'm just tired. I don't think I can do it anymore. Once again, God, you left me by myself. And you haven't done it my way. The Bible is very clear. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Explain that to you here in just a second. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with all the temptation will also make a way of escape. God, you don't know what I go through. What, what, what did we just say? No temptation has come over you that is not common to man. Believe me, you haven't been through anything that somebody else hasn't been through, and it might have been worse for them. And then on top of that, on top of that, hasn't Jesus been through all this? Yeah, he has. But yet, we still say, God, I'm just so tired. Oh, God, help me up. I need your strength. Great promise just came to me. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Anybody know what it says? It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest for my body. Is that what it says? No, it says rest unto your soul. If you're tired, let's be honest, it can be a physical thing. But if you're questioning God with these three things that I've already said, God, it's got to be my way in my time, how I want it done. God, where are you at? You left me. And you're tired in your soul. You need to think about the commitment and the promise that you made to God. God, I'll do whatever you ask. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. It's time that we refocus and recommit our lives back to God. Have we truly gotten to the place where we've gotten who the master is? God, you're the Lord of my life, is he? 
If he is, then why do we question him? Luke chapter 8, familiar story. I'm just going to read these verses to you real quick because it's real short. Chapter 8, verse 22, it says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they see, and it ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Who is your master? song goes at the sound of your name the winds and the waves they obey the devil's running flee what oh yeah did you forget that too he's a master of everything he's a master of everything <sighs> well yeah now that you mention yeah you're right he is the master of everything and and I do. I need to submit back to the original promise and the commitment that I made to him. But, you know, there's so many times that I don't really need God to get done what I get, need to get done. <laughs> Look at me. Look what I can do. <laughs> yeah. I can do all these things. And guess what? God didn't help me. Really? Oh, yeah, I forgot. He gave me the breath. Yeah. He gave me my arms and my legs. Yeah. But I still did it by myself. Genesis 2 and 7 says, And the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. We have become too confident in our own abilities, not remembering where we came from. That's how come we question God. God, you left me. God, you didn't do it the way I wanted to. God, you didn't do it in the time frame that I wanted to. And, of course, you made me perfect, so I don't really need you. Just ask my wife. I'm not perfect. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do try. <laughs> God has given us everything. And I'm not telling you anything that you don't know this morning. I'm going to be finishing this up here in just a few minutes. But when we get to the end of it, you're going to see that this is nothing but an encouragement sermon to get us back to where we need to be so we can start experiencing the blessings of God and we can start experiencing the plan that he has for our lives. Sarah has a plan for her life. Anne has a plan for her life. Dwayne has a plan for his life. Furman has a plan for his life. You know what? And it's not the same as mine. But guess what? God has a plan. Second Peter 1 and 3 says, According to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. He has given us absolutely everything. It's what the verse just said. That pertains to life and in him. Everything, he's already given it to us. 
we need to make this life, this life, everything that he has asked it to be. But I have dreams. <laughs> you don't think God knows that? God made you. He knows your dreams. He knows your wants. He knows your desires. The only thing that he asks is that you continue through with that promise that you made at that altar of salvation. God, I'll do what you want. I'll go where you want. I'll do it how you want. But God, my dreams, got this. He says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. But do you remember that one time that I really needed God to take care of something and he didn't do it? I prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it. God, I need this or God, I want this. And God didn't answer me. Are you sure? Hmm. Matthew 6 and 8. Pretty much just defies what I just said. God didn't answer. Yeah, yeah, he did. Want to know how I know? Because Matthew 6 and 8, it says, Before, be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth the things that you have need of, even before we ask. He knows that you need your car to start. He knows that you need money for that bill. He knows that you have a health need that needs to be taken care of. He knows everything that we need or have need of before we ask. So don't give me that. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and God never answered my prayer. He didn't give me what I needed. Did you really need it? I found this out in my own life because I'm just being honest and transparent this morning. There's been times where I'm like, God, you know, if you would give me this. Oh, the things I could do for you. Yeah, yeah. If you give me this, the things I could do for you. God, if you give me, I never had a figure, but God, if you give me $10 million, do you know what I could do with that church in Cameron? Oh, my goodness. We would have a brand new building, a gymnasium, a swimming pool. We would have a crop. We would have, you name it, we'd have it. And people would know that we're about Jesus. Would they? What would we do if somebody walked in this morning and said, God told me to give you $25 million? But would our first be response be, God, what do you want me to do with it? God knows what we have need of. God knows what makes us, what breaks us, what makes us tick. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with all these dreams and everything. But have you ever wondered if God just all of a sudden gave you $10 million or $25 million, would it interfere with the promise and the commitment that you've made to him? I don't know. I'm not you. But that's an awful big temptation. But God didn't give me. Did you really need it? Would it influence your commitment and your promise that you made to God to do anything, to do what he asked you to do, and go wherever he asked you to go? Of course it would. God's not going to give you something that's going to interfere with his plan for your life. That's the real of it. I'm sorry. If you disagree with me, then 
you're more than welcome. But God's not going to give you anything that's going to interrupt the plan that he has for your life. I'm sorry. Don't get caught up in the glitter and the temptations that the world has to offer. Well, how do I do that? And I'm, I'm closing this down here real quick. I actually thought until I looked at the board this morning in, sermon, in Sunday school class when Furman said, hey, we're going to Ephesians. I'm like, Furman, don't go to Ephesians 6 because that's what I got to talk about. That's in my sermon. Don't do that. How do I stand? Ephesians 6, the whole chapter, the whole armor of God. That's how I stand. That's how I firm up my feet, my knees, my chest, everything. All the way up to the top of my head is covered with what God has wanted so I can proceed and do what God wants me to do. I don't have to worry about, but God, you didn't give me this. God, you didn't do it in my time. Put the whole armor of God on. Then when all these fiery things that come from the world, the temptations, the glitter, and everything comes, you're not affected. What does armor do? Protects you. Something comes, whoop, bink, got it. I'm good. Oh, got it again. God knows. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all of these things, other things, will be added unto you. But God, you know I need this, I need that. God knows. God said he's going to take care of it. This is the part that so many people, well, God promised me. Did you read the whole verse? Seek ye first. What did we do this morning? Seek him. God, I need this. Seek him. God, I want this. Seek him. God, I need this. God, I want to do this for you. Seek him. I'm going to keep saying it. Seek him. You want to know the plan that you have that God has for your life? Seek him. Go back to your first love. Go back to your first promise. Go back to the first commitment that you made with God. I don't know about you, but mine was like an altar like that, except for we didn't have the padding. I promise God that whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, and however you wanted me to do, and believe me, I don't stand here perfect. Had a lot of times where I've fallen down. But there's nothing wrong with going back to that altar and saying, God, I made you a promise. God, I made you a commitment. Here I am, God. I want to reaffirm that commitment, and I want to reaffirm that promise that I made to you. And in closing this morning, I'm going to tell you this one thing. When we reaffirm our promise and our commitment, and if you, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, I don't care how long you've been saved, how long you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, there's nothing wrong with making another commitment and another promise and reaffirming it today. Deuteronomy 6 and 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Everything that you are, give it to God. That's what you did. When you made the promise. Well, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. How do I know? 
because God gave everything he had to get everything that you have. So as I finish this morning, I, I want, I just want to encourage you, and I want to ask you, is your walk where it needs to be? And if it's not, because I'm not your judge, if it's not, this is on you. Let's reaffirm that promise. Let's reaffirm that commitment. And believe me, and I'm talking from experience, there's nothing wrong with saying, dear God, I'm a whiner. I cry and I whine and I complain all the time. God, I'm sorry. My desires and my wants have gotten in the way of what you want. And as I close this this morning, I want you to try something. really want you to try this. God, I'm recommitting my life and my purpose and my promise to you to do what you want me to do, when you want me to do it, and how you want me to do it. I want you to do that. And I, this is how we all started. But I want you to give it six months, completely, six months, because I'm going to be back within six months, I guarantee you. And I'm going to ask. I might just say, Sarah, how did it work out for you? I want you to do, to live in, by that promise and that commitment that you have made. And in six months, I want you to tell me if it worked out the way that you thought it would. Did you get all the things that you wanted? Did God take care of everything that he said he would take care of? Guarantee that he is. The only reason that we lack of the things that we really truly think that we need is because we don't trust God and we don't live the commitment and the promise that we made to him. So if you all just stand this morning, I truly want to thank you guys for listening to my whining. But I really believe that God gave me this because it's time. It's time as we as a church, and we as Christians, get back to our first love. He died for you. He gave everything for you. And all he's asking from you is for you to return that. We read there in Genesis that he gave you the breath of life. So whatever you have isn't yours. So this morning, I'm just going to ask you just to take a minute. I'm going to open the altars. If you want to come up and pray, I'll pray with you. Somebody can pray with you. But let's just take one minute, 30 seconds if that's all you have, which we don't have anything in Crock-Pot, do we? No. Okay, great. If your dinner is going to burn, it can wait. Let's make that promise and that commitment that we made from the beginning. And let's reaffirm, God, I'm still here. I still want to do what you want me to do. I want to do it how you want me to do it. And I'll do it when you want me to do it. And wherever you want me to do it. So let's just take a couple minutes. Let's reaffirm our promise and our commitment that we made from the beginning to him this morning. And let's walk out of here because old-fashioned as it might be, I don't want to walk out them doors the same way I walked in. I want to know for sure. So let's reaffirm that promise and commitment we made from the beginning. Cody, can you play some music real quick while we... I'm sorry, I didn't inform Cody. That's my fault. But let's find a place to pray for just a few minutes, and let's reaffirm that commitment and promise that we have made.